Hello, everybody, and welcome to Best Behavior Creative Club. This is a podcast uh, about the people who make things and for the people who make things happen. Um, I'm your host, Chris McAdoo, Creative Director at Design Sensory, and of course, Best Behavior Creative Club is an original Design Sensory production. I'm joined by Brad Carpenter. Brad, how you doing, buddy? You see my face from a distance, Bette Midler style, um, because this is one of the series of podcasts that we are recording, talking to those makers, those entrepreneurs, those folks that are out there facing this crisis head on with um, just an amazing amount of energy and points of view and uh, and things they're doing. But we're doing this from the house, from my home studio filled with uh uh, music instruments and uh, and painted and paint, you know, because I'm in my art studio. Uh, Brad is surrounded by comic books and original Moon Knight, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, good good eye, sir. <laughs> Moon Knight, Deadpool. Yeah, you name it, I got them. It's a wall of comics. All, it's all Marvel. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, Brad's a Marvel. Brad's a Marvel guy. I was split. I love my X-Men, but I was also, uh, I, I love Batman too. And I know it's too different. It's fine. We'll talk about that later. But um, we are super stoked that uh, we get to talk to Dale Mackey from the Central Collective um, today. And Dale is coming from her house and she's got all these sweet ukuleles in the background. Um <laughs> <laughs> We're just super happy to have you. Um, Dale has been in the Knoxville, you know, in the creative community as well in the makerspace community for years as part of the Central Collective in what's known as the Happy Holler District here in uh, in Knoxville. So, uh, hey, Dale, how's it going? Hi, hanging in there. <laughs> as we as we all are. Um <laughs> As an interesting aside, so uh, Dale and uh, and her husband Sean Pointer were one of the first guests on my original podcast, like years and years ago, when it was enjoyable yeah. listen time. Um, and you guys had just yeah. started. Yeah, yeah, we were real, real new then. So you got the first. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, what we're going to do is I want to I want to learn a little bit about what makes you uh, what makes you tick and what kind of gets you excited about making and creating. And then we're going to dig into the Central Collective, what you guys have been up to and what it looks like now. Right. Because it's uh, it's the end of April. It is uh, April 29th, 2020. Um, and we're just there's so many things that we all want answers to. And right now all those answers are maybe. Um, and mm -hmm. so we're all dealing with that in different ways. But first I want to ask you, Dale, you have a, you're just such a creative mind and you, um, you guys bring community together in a way that other folks don't. Is there a time in your life or is there an overarching influence that you knew that um, this is a path that you wanted to take? question I don't know I've, I mean I've always been into making things whether that's food or crafts you know ever since I was a little kid um, and growing up I had an, an aunt and uncle um, my dad's sister and her husband who were artists they were visual artists muralists 
Um, and I just thought they were the coolest people in the whole world. They had this like very cool house. They always had, you'd walk into their house. They always had all these projects, art projects they were working on and all these cool artist friends. Sorry. I'm, I'm always Notifications. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think I kind of, I'm sorry. I'm quitting whatever this is. <laughs> Are those um, all your pies being done? That's what I thought it was. No, it's all these messages coming. Sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> Actually, and and I'm sorry. Brad did. Uh, Brad did bring up an important point that I completely left out. Uh, is is of course Dale's fried pies. Um, so oh, yes. Right. <laughs> so you should. Yeah, I'm. I would totally go with yes. Those are just pies. Although that would have been like twelve ovens. That's a lot. <laughs> sorry. Anyway. <laughs> No, it's okay. We were talking about you had uh, a wonderful aunt and uncle, the artist, the coolest people you knew. Um, and uh, but you had a day job. You worked for CCTV when you came to Knoxville. Where did where did you come from before you were in Knoxville? Um, so I'm originally from Chicago, um, but I moved to Knoxville actually from Kentucky. I was working um it for an Appalachian arts organization in Eastern Kentucky called Apple Shop. And so I, I worked there for about a year right out of college and then moved here to Knoxville to work for community television of Knoxville, um, which I did for five years. I, I never thought self-employment was for me. I'm, I really am good with schedules and knowing, you know, when I need, need to be somewhere. Um, I just, I have a lot, I'm a, I uh, err on the side of anxiety, let's say, like, I'm, I'm kind of like, I can get easily stirred up. So I thought, I don't know, self-employment just seems too stressful for my temperament. Um, but then I got fired from my job and I had already kind of started the side hustle of Dale's Fried Pies. So the decision to become self-employed sort of it was laid upon me and ended up being really the, the best thing that's ever happened. Um, I have no, no ill will towards my, he should have fired me. I wasn't being a very good employee because I was obsessed with fried pies. <laughs> <laughs> we've, hey, we've all been there, right? Yeah, I know. You, you guys, you've all lost your job because of baked goods too, right? Like, <laughs> so many times. Well, so, so where did the, uh, I guess one is the, uh, the Dale's fried pies. Like where did that, where did the inspiration for that come from? Um, you know, I've, I've always loved food and cooking and baking. Um, when I was a little kid, I literally would like go to bed reading cookbooks, um, instead of like novels. Um, but I always kind of, you know, I hadn't really had any experience in the restaurant world or food service other than working at a bakery um, one summer. Um, and so I kind of knew trying to do some kind of, you know, big restaurant or even a food truck that was like a full service, um, you know, tons of different options and stuff just felt overwhelming to me. So I thought, well, let's, let's focus on one thing that we can do and, and learn how to do that really well. Um, and fried pies kind of came up because it's a really good, you know, I wanted a food truck. I wanted it to be sort of like a mobile, um, mobile food thing. And so, you know, fried pies are really portable and mobile, but also you can kind of put anything inside of them and 
call it a pie. And so it was the ability to focus on one thing, but then within that have a lot of room for creativity. That's very cool. So, and then you, you grew that. So there's a couple of things there that I'm, that, that's very interesting for somebody that never, um, uh, never really thought of themselves as somebody made for self-employment is that you enjoyed, you know, making, you enjoyed baking, you enjoyed sharing it with others and you made it into, you know, what would become Dale's fried pies, what it would become a business, right? Almost, a, a, mm-hmm. a inevitable, the, the inevitability of it seems clear now, right? So what led from that, um, and I'll, I'll, what led from that to the Central Collective? And explain to everybody that may or may not know what the Central Collective is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Central Collective is a mixed-use, we call it a mixed-use creative space. Um, basically what that means is, you know, during kind of normal business hours, I have a kitchen, um, that I work out of for Dale's Fried Pies. My husband, Sean Pointer, has a photo studio um, for his business, Sean Pointer Photography. Um, so we kind of use it like that during normal business hours, but then we also, it's a community event space. So we host events that are open to the public, like uh, First Friday art shows. We have a monthly mystery event, workshops, um, all kinds of fun, creative stuff that's open to the public. And then we also, I mean, really the way that the, the Central Collective primarily makes money is it's a private event venue. Um, and so it's the coolest job in the world to run the Central Collective until there's a global pandemic and you can't gather people together and then it becomes a little more difficult. Well, for years you've hosted the the Good Sport Nights. You've hosted, I think I've been to, you know, three different concerts there over the years and untold you know amounts of art shows and uh and just collective goodness you know that you guys have been able to to bring together um what what were your thoughts um what were your thoughts on march 16th like when you guys got you know that you knew that everything was about to be very different um you know what were some of the first things that got went through your mind well we actually we closed a little earlier than that. Like as soon as we kind of started realizing this was going to be a a big deal and just felt like we didn't really have the information we needed. We did, we, um, we closed the public March 12th and haven't had any events since then. And, you know, I mean, I, our first thought was, you know, one, like, Oh shit, (laughs) like this is not going to be good. Um, of course, you know, there was a piece of it where it's like, we just did not know at the time how not good it was going to be. But, um, you know, I, I kind of had the sense from pretty early on, like this, this was going to be a, a big, bad thing. <laughs> um, and that we were going to have to shift focus um, pretty fast um, for the time being, if we were going to continue to do anything because obviously our main our main function is a space where people all get together and that seems pretty clear that that wasn't going to be happening for at least a little while um and so you know i mean pretty pretty quickly we started thinking like how can we ship things online how could we maybe do stuff with the mail you know um how can we kind of keep connected um with people as this as this goes on, 
because you know not only do we want to maybe figure out some way to make some of the money we're losing from private events but we also just want to i mean the reason that i love running the central collective is you know connecting with people and um that's a really important piece of it too you know not just the business side of it well, one of the hardest parts of this whole thing for for me, and I think you know, Dale, I think you're probably a, a similar um, persuasion. I I I'm a handshake. Hey, Jerry, how the hell are you? You know, kind of guy. You want to be around those people mm-hmm. that that you love, that you you want to be energized. You know, uh, you want to be energized by folks. So, what are some of the moves that you guys have made to? stay connected with the folks that you have been, you know, the community around that loves you guys and loves the central collective and loves the community. Yeah. So, I mean, we kind of pivoted to doing some events that we would normally do in the space, like into another round. So we, in um, April, we hosted a first Friday art show um, but we did it on Instagram live. So we had four different local artists drop off work and then I just mm-hmm. hung it. And then we, um, you know, on first Friday, we did a live broadcast. We patched in all of the artists so they could talk about their work. All of them had it for sale and were um, donating both a commission to the central collective and a portion of the proceeds to a local nonprofit of their choice as well. Um, so that was really neat, you know, and we had, I think a couple hundred people throughout the course of the, you know, just an hour, I think, um, tune in and, and watch, you know, some or all of it. Um, so that was really fun. We also shifted our good sport night idea, which, um, in normal times is an event where people buy a ticket and then they show up to the event and they don't know what it is until they get there. And then it could be a swing dance class or a miniature horse petting zoo, which are both real examples. Um, But we, you know, I, I, I was canceling the April good sport night and was feeling bummed about that. And just kind of the idea popped into my head, like, let's do a box let's do a good sport box so people buy yeah. a box and they they don't know what's inside it until they get it and that was really fun because it was a way to kind of keep the spirit of what we were doing going it also made us a little bit of money but the boxes were filled with products by local artists and makers so it was also a way for us to be able to be putting money into the pockets of local people um you know i think we ended up um I think to date it's been like $3,500 or more that we've paid out to local artists, Um, you know, which is more money than I'd be able to be spending (laughs) on my own when a lot of my work has slowed down. So, I mean, it was kind of just like a win-win-win situation. And I think it was a time when a lot of people were wanting a little bit of a pick-me-up or to be able to send something to a friend. Um, And so... We actually, we launched that on March 16th. Um, so we, that huh. was like a pretty quick, quick pivot there. Um, and then we did another event where we, for Easter, uh, my husband, Sean, I made him wear this Easter bunny suit that I have. And we hid eggs all around the central collective and each of them had a number inside. And then he strapped an iPhone to his face and on Instagram <laughs> live people, could patch in and they saw things from his point of view he was blindfolded and then they would have to direct him around the space to find an egg and then they won 
whatever prize was corresponding to the egg and we mailed it out to them. And that was, that was so fun. Um, so yeah, we've been trying to find ways um, to stay connected, to have fun, provide a little bit of lightness in this crazy time. But then all of that, you know, um, is some kind of donation or buying stuff. So also does help us a little bit, you know, certainly not totally make up for the income we're losing, but every little bit does help right now. So, um, you know, it's kind of, we're trying to do things that aren't just give us money, give us money, give us money, right. provide some, some fun uh, as well. Well, you want to provide that support. You want to provide that value uh, for the community. We got a good sport box and we got like a little ladle holder. It's a, yeah, uh, it says rest a little oh, spoon. Yeah, by Amanda Humphrey. Yes. Yeah, that's, oh, that's yeah. one that, yeah, that's awesome. that has become, um, we got some craft projects, uh, you know, as well. And like a candle and just some really cool stuff. But that little, little spoon holder has become like a McAdoo heirloom. Like that will. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I have one of them too. I actually kept one because I was like, oh, I like this. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we joked like that's one of the things the kids will just have to fight over in like, you know, 50 years or whatever. Um, so that's yeah. that's amazing. Well, so I, I do kind of want to dig into like I love the community and I love the things that you guys have done for years and years. And, and now that we're in this spot, um, talk to me a little bit about like the business side of things. Like how has this affected you guys um, beyond what's obvious, right? Like, cause we can't gather yeah. and how are you, what, like, what's next, right? Um, how do you see yourselves uh, adapting to what this quote unquote, and I'm air quoting, because like everything is is in air quotes and maybes, but what that new normal looks like, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, how it's affected us, the, the obvious is we're an event space whose income, you know, we sustain ourselves with private events and those aren't able to happen right now, which is a bummer not just for us to be losing money. It's also a bummer for all of the people who were, supposed to be having their graduation parties or their weddings or their rehearsal dinners, you know, yeah. um, these really important celebrations. And so, you know, a big, you know, we've been, we've been really just trying to work with people to figure out if they can reach, you know, some people just have to cancel if it's a baby shower mm -hmm. they, and they're having a baby, like that has to happen at a certain point. But, you know, a lot of folks are trying to think of, rescheduling and, and that kind of thing. So that, I mean, that honestly, that's just a bummer to be, you know, having to work with people who aren't are really disappointed these things that they were excited about aren't happening. Um, but, you know, on the other side of things, there's a lot that we are uniquely lucky and I think we own our building. And so we're not paying a ton of rent. Um, mm -hmm. On, on a building that we're not using. We don't really have a, a ton of like overhead because it's a space for the most part and all of the supplies and stuff we get are kind of, you know, they're non-perishable like toilet paper. I was fine with toilet paper uh, when everyone's freaking out because we're in event space. So we're like stocked up on toilet paper. <laughs> um, so those kind of things, you know, those won't, boil or perish are all of our employees um just sign up for shifts as they're able um and they all do it for extra cash they don't rely on us for their income okay. so 
that was a really nice piece of it too, was we weren't having to really worry about um, other people's livelihoods. And so we've really been able to sort of batten down the hatches and kind of just ride it out. You know, we're not in danger of not surviving um, at this point. It's just a real strain on us personally, you know. Um, but I, I am able to ship my fried pies, and I have been doing that um, for years. And so that p piece of my business has actually really ramped up. There's a lot of people up in their houses shopping online. And so I'm mailing out a lot of pies every week, and that's helpful. Um, and then, like I said, we're finding other little creative ways to raise money. Um, yeah, I mean, we're we're going to be okay. Um, it's really sort of just a, a matter of um, kind of riding it out. And the challenge, honestly, like when we realized we're closing down, this is the correct thing to do, this is the safe thing to do. It was pretty easy to just accept that reality and figure out where to go from there and try to be creative about it. I think it's actually honestly going to be a little bit more difficult as we try to navigate figuring out how to reopen and when mm -hmm. that feels safe for us and our space. Because the guidelines laid out, um, especially locally, are helpful. Um, but, you know, every business is different and, you know, you can't really slap down one template and say now it's safe for everybody, um, mm -hmm. especially when you're a party space where you don't want to have people come into the party and say, y'all have to stand six feet apart while you hang out and celebrate. And so, you know, that's gonna, that's kind of where it's going to be, I think, even a little more stressful than the shutting down is, is trying to really figure out when we can open in a way that feels safe and confident and happy for everybody. And that, that'll be a little bit longer than some other businesses. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, you know, it's just the reality of the situation. Well, have you guys been able to, um, I know you had done, uh, you know, an, an interview a few weeks ago, like, have you been able to get any small business assistance? Is there anything you've been able to reach out for? Um, that you, have you guys had any luck with that? So we applied for um, both Sean and I individually applied for the um, small business, just the, not the payment protection program, just the EIDL fund. And mm -hmm. um, I, we, I got it for the central collective. There's, I'm the only full-time employee. So I did get a thousand dollars, which is not nothing. It's certainly not what we lost. <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I will not, you know, turn my nose up at, at whatever assistance um, we can get. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, I've applied for a few other um, smaller grants we, and things like that that we haven't really um, heard back from. Um, so, yeah. Um, we this so you said that I can kind of stop and if yeah. something might need to get yeah so I'll need to check with them if they want me to say this publicly um, but the Arts and Cultural Alliance has like an emergency grant for artists and art organizations that we applied for 
right away. And um, it's to cover, you know, like if you're in a crisis, usually it's a yeah. personal crisis, not a, a global pandemic, um, that they could cover, you know, you can demonstrate you have some sort of bill that needs to be covered. Um, uh -huh. We applied for that grant and we actually got a month of the mortgage for the Central Collective covered through the Arts and Cultural Alliance locally. Um, wow. Which is awesome. And if they want us to give them a shout out, I would love to acknowledge that. I don't know how publicly they want that to be out there because I don't know if they just want to be like crazy inundated with. We can um, we can ask. So that, so, yeah. So those two um, things, yeah, are, are have been certainly helpful. And then we, you know, we've had. I've had people just, you know, I opened my email and someone PayPal'd the Central Collective 50 bucks or 25 bucks. Like some people just mm -hmm. donated to us without any prompting, which is incredibly kind and appreciated as well. And then, you know, we've tried to do, like I said, fun events where people want to support us, um, where they could join and enjoy it and not have to, you know, donate financially or do anything because we know a lot of people are struggling but where people can and want to you know we we give them the opportunity to be able to support us if they want to so okay well for anybody out there that is that that is also dealing with with this i mean we're all dealing with this right um that is part of this community that's part of these these makers these like the thing that I've found um, in the past month or, or whatever is, is how deeply people care for each other, especially in this community. Um, and it's been it's it's been uh, it's been really interesting to see folks lift each other up in the ways that they have. Um, so to kind of uh, to, to, to sort of take us out, Dale, um, what would you say to Knoxville right now? What would you say to the community that you love and that loves you right now? I miss you all and can't wait to see you again is the first thing I would say. Um, I would say thank you. Um, thank you to other small business owners, like you said, just, you know, spreading the word about what everyone else is doing, sharing what people are doing, encouraging everyone. I would say thank you. I mean, just thank you for being good humans for the most part. Um, you know, certainly stressful situations can not always bring out the best in people, but in the creative community in Knoxville, I think, you know, I've seen so much, so much good, so much support happen and so much innovation and creativity. Um, and I hope that that is, you know, something that we can, I mean, we, we've always been that way, but like, I think it's really, really come out in a very special and heartwarming way um that that's what community is for right um and so i'd say great job Knoxville. <laughs> well dale thank you so much you know thank you so much for joining us um thank you to you right and to folks like you thanks to sean um you guys are a part and parcel of this community of this artistic maker community and you know what uh we miss you too and we're all going to be well, virtual, hug. virtual hugs. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, but, but, but before we do go, as you guys are, you know, changing the way that you are, are doing things and still doing those, those things to reach out, where can folks go to learn more about, um, get some, 
about delicious fried pies and about um, efforts like the Good Sport Box from the Central Collective. Yeah, so um, dalesfriedpies.com or dalesfriedpies on Facebook, Instagram, um, and thecentralcollective.com or on Instagram, central underscore collective. Um, you know, if you, or you can just Google either of those things and we'll, we'll pop up. Awesome. Well, Dale, uh, thank you so much for being with us um, and for being just such a, a central, there you go, part of the community. And yeah. I know we're all going through these times, and I think everybody out there that's listening um, can say, like we said, they miss you as well, and they want you guys to be a part of this community for a long time. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody. The plan. Yes. Uh, I want to say thank you for everybody that is listening as well. Um, if you guys found this uh, found this conversation helpful or inspiring, or you know, um, please uh, share with your friends, share with your family, share with your neighbors, share with people you don't know. It's totally fine. Um, and then also go on to uh, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and leave us some reviews and let us know what you think. Um, this particular series of interviews and podcast hits close to home. Um, like I care about this community so much. I want our artists to succeed. I want our entrepreneurs to succeed. I want the people that make things to succeed. And we all have to do that together. Okay. So you guys, you hear this, you go out and make something, you go out and make something amazing. You go out and support people that make amazing things. All right. Um, this has been Best Behavior Creative Club. I'm Chris McAdoo, and it has been an honor and a privilege, as always, to be in your ears. Now, go get to work. Mm-hmm.